remain effective until 10:30 a.m. today. The news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Jim Gould and Ada Wong is today's guest presenter. Good morning, Ada. Good morning, Jim. On today's programme, we're talking about a recommendation for people of all ages to have their eyes checked regularly. The Hong Kong Ophthalmological Society and the College of uh, Ophthalmologists uh, Hong Kong have urged residents to get uh, checked more often, citing a 50% increase in the condition known as macular degeneration over the last decade. Although degenerative uh, eye conditions tend to affect those over 50 more often, younger people have uh, high rates of myopia or nearsightedness, which carries attendant risks. Last year, a survey conducted by the Chinese University revealed that 66% of secondary three pupils had some form of myopia. How serious is the situation? How often should we have our eyes checked? What about young people? Is too much time spent in front of uh, computer screens partly to blame? After 9.45, we'll be hearing about a study into uh, knee pain among the elderly. You can let us know what you think. You can leave a message on our, our Facebook page, uh, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266. Joining us now for our discussion, we have uh, on the line uh, Victoria Wong, who's Associate Dean for Clinical Affairs at HKU Med and Director of uh, HKU Health System. Andy Mew, a registered uh, optometrist with Central Eye Care, and Dr. Frank Lai, a Hong Kong ophthalmological, oh, sorry, of the Hong Kong Ophthalmological Society. Uh, good morning to you all. Perhaps, uh, perhaps Victoria Wong, we can come to you first. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Um, good morning, so, Jim and Ada. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so, could you first of all tell us a, a bit more about uh, macular degeneration? How does the condition manifest itself? Right. So. Um, the macula, macula is a, a part in the uh, in the retina. So macular diseases, um, they would affect the most central part of the retina, which is responsible for uh, central vision. So there are many different types of macular diseases. Uh, the commoner ones include age-related macular degeneration, which usually affects uh, older people, and uh, diabetic macular edema, epiretinal membrane, myopic macular degeneration which can affect uh, people of all ages. So it sounds like there are many conditions that can lead uh, to uh, macular degeneration. Um, how do we account for the apparent increase over the past decade? Well, I think in Hong Kong, the um, most important increase is uh, because we have more uh, people with myopia or short sightedness and myopia can be complicated by various other eye problems uh, including macular diseases such as having blood on the macula um, as well as other eye diseases including retinal degeneration glaucoma etc and uh, the higher the severity of myopia the higher the risks of these eye problems so, um, you know, have um, cases of myopia increased in the last three years? I guess uh, it's also because of the pandemic and that children sit, uh, you know, for much longer uh, time in front of a computer monitor. 
Yes, um, long screen time and staying indoors are definitely risk factors for myopia, especially in children, as you mentioned. And, uh, well, um, besides that, they can also result in eye strain and discomfort uh, due to dry eye diseases from reduced uh, eye blinking. So um, as children spend more time on computer, then, of course, they'll be less inclined to take part in the outdoors sports and activities. And this definitely has a detrimental effect on the, because distant viewing, uh, where you can sort of relax the eye muscles, as well as sunlight exposure has been proven to reduce the incidence uh, as well as the progression of short-sightedness. Okay, um, let's come to Dr. Frank Lyon in a moment. Uh, uh, Andy Mew first, Uh, you're uh, an optometrist. Good morning to you. Yes, good morning. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Ada, for having me on the show. You're you're welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, So uh, have you noticed uh, a big increase in people with uh, eye problems uh, needing um, you know eye correction glasses and things like that uh, um, during the period of the pandemic yes definitely even before the pandemic over the past 10 years i think one of the major uh, changes that i encounter in my practice is that myopia is starting at a younger and younger age um, and the and we know that also the uh, the younger the onset of the myopia or the nearsightedness, the higher the potential for fast progression of the myopia, meaning that the myopia could get worse very quickly. Mm. And and that could you know as as Victoria said you know the higher the myopia, the higher the risk of um, eye diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the pandemic, there was a study just came out not too long ago um, among six to eight-year-olds, uh, before, the, before the pandemic, there was uh, about 23 to 25% of prevalence in myopia in kids. Um, but during the pandemic, that's increased to about 29 to 36%. So the pandemic, being indoors, being in front of screens, and um, definitely has a, has a big impact on children uh, developing myopia at a much earlier age. But one of the one of the positive things that comes out from this is that parents are generally much more concerned and much more knowledgeable about myopia as before. So they they will bring the kids in for eye examinations at a younger age so we can detect myopia earlier and we can do something to prevent the myopia from hopefully getting worse. Right. So um, uh, our percentage of uh, kids having myopia, I, I think it's pretty high. And, and some people say that it's uh, probably one of the highest. Oh, you know, what, 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 what do you know about that? Uh, are we much higher than, for, for example, other Asian countries and including mainland China, perhaps? Well, I think that uh, Hong Kong, um, uh, along with other Asian cities such as Seoul, Korea, um, such as Taipei, um, Singapore, these cities are definitely have um, the, uh, one of the highest prevalence of myopia in the world. Um, I'm, I think certain cities, big cities in China also has a very high prevalence, but I do not have the exact figure at this moment. Okay, well, let's bring in uh, Dr. Frank Lai. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so uh, how do we explain the high prevalence of uh, myopia in, well, in Hong Kong and also those uh, other places that uh, Andy Mu was just mentioning? 
Because this is uh, about the uh, uh, learning uh, uh, academic system, because we need to have a uh, have a long reading time. They need to have uh, so that the, the uh, outdoor activities is relatively uh, un, uh, uh, not that common for among uh, Hong Kong children in Hong Kong, and also uh, because of the screen time uh, is also uh, higher, especially in the, the COVID pandemics, uh, the screen time we have to have a Zoom uh, learning system so that they will have a, a longer screen time, and this also have an increased preference of the mob here. And also, uh, the uh, population population is also have a higher preference uh, of the uh, map here, which maybe also have uh, some genetic component among them. Okay, so it could be genetic as well as lifestyle. Yes, correct. Mm. Because it's just, uh, the preference of uh, the development of map is multifactorial. Mm. So apart from genetic component, lifestyle changes is also uh, is a contributing factor. Mm. Mm. So um, people have suggested that pupils should spend at least two hours per day outdoors. Now, knowing about uh, you know the very intense uh, schedule in schools, I doubt very much that um, we can have two hours per day outdoors. So, but what what do you think, um, Dr. Lai, Frank Lai? Um, this is an ideal situation is to have a, have a longer uh, outdoor time, but uh, at least uh, for them that uh, for, uh, if they have a have a screen time, uh, they should have a adequate rest, taking some maybe uh, one two minutes for every fifteen minutes uh, usage if possible, so that they have reduced the eye strain. Okay, uh, they also help to uh, 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 prevent the market development. So if some uh, apart from the the uh, lifestyle changes. Medically, that currently we have uh, uh, some medications, especially the HIV eye drops, help to prevent the progressions of the malaria, which is also quite uh, shown in the international study, which is quite an effective uh, uh, treatment, try to uh, slow down the progressions of malaria, apart from the lifestyle uh, changes. Mm. Okay, uh, well, let's come back to uh, Vicky Wong, because I, I know you've only got a few more minutes here. So you have to leave uh, fairly soon. But um, um, moving from younger people to older people, you mentioned before age-related macular degeneration. Um, how, well, how important is it for elderly people to have their eyes checked on a regular basis? Uh, yes, because uh, age-related macular de degeneration is also a very common uh, eye disease. So uh, it is important for adults, um, to, for example, over, especially for those over the age of 60, uh, that they should be checked regularly, for example, every one to two years. And uh, eye screening is um, definitely the right way to go because we are shifting the focus uh, not only on disease um, on the management of the disease and treat treatment, but the overall ocular health and wellness. And uh, in addition, through eye screening, we can empower these patients and increase uh, their awareness. For example, we can teach the patients to use an AMSLA grid for self-monitoring. And this is just, you know, in fact, a simple piece of paper with grid lines. And in case uh, patients have macular problems, including age-related macular degeneration, they will see distortions of these uh, grid lines in the uh, central visual field, and then they can seek um, medical help. And um, and through screening, and even if we um, see eye diseases, uh, we can uh, diagnose them as early as possible, and early treatment has been shown to be associated with a better visual outcome. 
And of course, nowadays we have uh, uh, better screening tools. They are more readily available and they are also very um, non-invasive. For example, uh, for macular diseases, we can use optical coherence tomography for scanning the macula. Or um, on, the, on the larger scale, we can take photos uh, of, the, of the retina and the macula of the eye for screening. So um, we are very fortunate to have uh, these um, uh, tools readily available in Hong Kong. Um, the tools that uh, you mentioned, uh, Vicky Wong, um, uh, sounds quite simple. So are they available at district health centres, do you think? Uh, so that, well, um, you know, uh, very, very frontline people can also teach uh, elderly people how to use that. Well, um, district health centers, as you all know, is, is mm. in the evolution. So these are one, definitely one of the areas that uh, we are discussing and exploring. Uh, but uh, in Hong Kong, for example, in the general outpatient clinics, we have these uh, ramp programs or the risk assessment and management programs where patients with diabetes will have regular fundus uh, photo taken um, in these general outpatient clinics. And for those uh, with diabetic complications affecting the eye, they will be referred to ophthalmologists for further management. And then, of course, our patients can also opt to go to private eye doctors for regular eye screening. And uh, our family community would also regular organ- uh, regularly organize different community programs for eye screening as well. Okay, uh, great. Uh, Victoria Wong, thank you very much uh, for speaking to us on the programme this morning. Uh, um, I know you have to, uh, uh, your time is short, you have to go now. That's uh, Victoria Wong, Associate Dean. Thank you, Jim for, for and Ada. You're welcome. Uh, Clinical Affairs at HKU Med and Director of the HKU Health System. Still with us is uh, optometrist uh, Andy Mew and uh, Frank Lai of the Op. Ophthalmological Society. Um, uh, Andy Mew, um, so you heard there that um, from Victoria Wong, recommendation for, for older people to get their eyes tested once or twice, sorry, once every one or two years. What about, um, does that go for the rest of the population as well or, or are certain age groups recommended to have tests more often? Yes, well, let's talk about uh, kids. You know, we recommend the first eye examination to be uh, uh, four years old unless they have other problems that manifest younger. But for a routine child, we recommend the first eye examination to be four years old and uh, just to have routine examination once a year. Um, That way we can catch any vision issues at the earliest possible stage and um, rectify those particular issues. So traditionally, you know, in kids, we want to just uh, give them glasses or give them contact lenses when they have myopia to keep, give them clear vision. But, uh, uh, but besides seeing clear, there's another aspect of vision, children's uh, visual system that we need to, monitor, we need to uh, monitor is the visual function. How well are the two eyes working together? Can their two eyes adjust focus accurately? And can they sustain that focus for extended period of time? Because these are all visual function and visual skills that are very important for learning and for reading. Um, so these are this is another aspect that we need to uh, ident- uh, identify and monitor at an earlier uh, at a younger age. Right. Um, how 
how well uh, is uh, our public health system responding to this? I mean, the government is now, um, you know, putting a lot of uh, resources into district health management. But I guess uh, it's uh, catered to older people, uh, those with uh, high blood pressure and diabetes and etc. But for, for younger people, um, in particular in, in well, uh, low socioeconomic backgrounds, how, you know, how, how do you think they, they could be uh, more well informed about um, eye care, good eye care? Well, I guess at this time, you know, the, the basic, um, they have, the government provides basic vision screening for, for kids starting at age four or five. And uh, these are very simple screening that, uh, that identifies kids with vision, pro, uh, uh, vision acuity problems, meaning whether they can see clear or not. Um, and these are good screening programs that can identify kids with vision problems. But this program is not enough to identify kids who have visual function problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's an area that uh, that also needs to be promoted. Okay, um, um, Frank Lai, uh, we're talking about um, like well, all ages here, really. Um, uh, I read somewhere that um, factors like uh, stress and smoking can also be bad for your eyesight and uh, uh, eye degeneration. Um, what's the situation there? I mean, I mean, how does stress affect the situation? Uh, for the macular degenerations, uh, we have one term of uh, CSCR, this is coloretinal, uh, uh, central serous coloretinal retinopathy, which is related to stress. People with a high stress level, they will have a contributing factor, development of some uh, fruit retentions or macular edema in the central part of the macular. So having a stress, especially in, uh, in Hong Kong, is uh, one of the uh, uh, contributing factors uh, to development of the macular disease. Apart from stress, uh, smoking is uh, which is uh, also a known uh, factor causing different kind of macular problem, including uh, uh, different uh, contributing factor of diabetic macular edema, and and also uh, the age-related macular degenerations. Uh, there is also an important factor apart from uh, aging populations, uh, which is uh, contributing to the development of age-related macular degenerations. Mm. I mean, I mean, the rate of smoking here is relatively low uh, these days, but uh, I guess you could say that it's probably quite a high-stress uh, society. I mean, people tend to, to work uh, hard and long hours. Uh, um, is, is there anything that, uh, that we can do as individuals to try and sort of uh, uh, relieve that to, in order to you know, uh, save the effect on our eyesight? Uh, I think that uh, the uh, stress level is quite some individual management, so that uh, we have some uh, relaxation exercise uh, and also have uh, managed the, the, the working the, the, the workload and also have a, a good lifestyle. Uh, doing some exercise will help to relieve those stress. So apart from if, uh, from the stress management, uh, if people having like uh, some eye problem of the macular disease including some uh, distortion of the image they, when they have they made some some wavy line uh, when they see a straight line and also they have some distortion of the color visions uh, this is a warning sign that about those macular problem uh, the people having this kind of uh, macular disease symptom i would uh, urge them to have a uh, seek medical care especially seeing of margins as soon as possible so that we can have an assessment to, to, uh, to see which kind of macular problem they are having so that we can offer uh, early treatment Mm. Uh, Dr. Lai, are there enough uh, eye doctors in Hong Kong? 
right now we have uh, over uh, uh, around uh, 400, 300, 400 of margins in Hong Kong. So uh, uh, most, uh, apart from um, um, uh, uh, margins in public sector, we also have a part of the margins. Uh, right now, uh, we know that uh, uh, we have a long waiting time to uh, specialists connect in public sector. So if people having like uh, uh, eye symptoms, at least they can have a uh, have checked up in uh, uh, private ophthalmologist first, so that they can have uh, early assessment to see what diagnosis they have to determine the urgency of the treat uh, the, the, the problem, so that they have all the appropriate treatment if possible. Mm-hmm. Well, um, because uh, it's um, you know if an old old person sees uh, wavy lines instead of a straight line, that sounds. Um, that sounds quite serious, right? But um, he or she might have to wait months, or even more than months, um, to for for a consultation. And and I guess um, there there's no way, you know, for for him or her to get um, other sort of consultation at the district health and primary health level, so that they can do something to prevent um, you know, any worsening. Um, I, I think, for, for example, uh, one of the uh, uh, um, common uh, eye problems in Hong Kong is diabetic macular which is related to diabetes. So that at primary care level, I think uh, having have a, a good control of diabetes is like, for example, the uh, diet suggestion recommendations, uh, medical control of diabetes, and also lifestyle changes, including more exercise, will help to uh, stabilize the, the diabetes. And also, uh, the myopia is also another issue so that we can give them some suggestions of the market control, such as we have mentioned, uh, the, the, some of the uh, having the uh, at, at some enough rest after a long waiting time. And also we have, at least we can educate them about different eye problems so that the people uh, can uh, seek medical care if possible when they notice the symptoms. Because one of the common scenarios is that we, we find people like uh, they, they haven't quite the symptoms for quite a while, for example, having poor visions for three months or even longer before they are seeking, start to seeking the medical care. So the educations that we can offer, uh, even at the primary level, so primary care level, so that people can be getting more awareness of their problem, so that they can seek help as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I was going to ask about uh, the effect of alcohol. Of course, uh, alcohol can have a. Does alcohol have a direct effects on eye health or or is it more like indirect i.e relationship between alcohol and and uh, diabetes which you mentioned uh, yeah uh, for the alcohol uh, uh, alcoholism is not a very major issue in hong kong but people with having have in the western country if they have a, like a, a high level of alcohol consumption which also not good for the health especially people with uh, other cardiovascular uh, uh, risk factors including hypertension diabetes and hyperlipidemia having a, a high level of alcohol which is also uh, can contributing to those hyperlipidemia and also have an overweight and obese obesity which is also not good for the health, which is uh, an, in turn a uh, contributing factor to the uh, worsening of the diabetes and other uh, diabetic eye disease. Mm, okay. Um, um, Andy Mew, you mentioned uh, um, you've seen a lot of uh, young people um, with eye problems. How about um, elderly? Do you, do you get to see a, a large number of elderly people as well? Uh, yes, we do see elderly uh, patients in our clinic. And uh, usually elderly patients, they come in not for because they have any eye diseases, um, but because they want to uh, get their annual eye examinations just to get the, their, their prescriptions updated. And during the, during the eye examinations, we also help them look at the uh, overall health of their eyes to see if they have any um, eye diseases that, that they're not aware of. 
Um, and this is how we work together as optometrists with ophthalmologists, is that we, we do these annual eye examinations for the elderly, and if we, if we did find anything unusual about the uh, health status, then we, re- we can refer the case to the ophthalmologist for further treatment mm-hmm. and further care. And, and I think this is one of the ways that, uh, that we can identi- help the population identify that they have um, um, eye problems at an earlier stage. Like yeah. it, it, in elderly patients, in kids, the, ma- the most important thing is early detection or we do preventative care. We want to help the population prevent eye diseases before they happen. Mm. In kids, we prevent the myopia from getting worse so that they don't develop higher myopia, and in turn, that will reduce the risk of them developing macular degeneration or or any myopia-associated diseases later on in life. In the uh, in adults or in young young adults, because a lot of people now have myopia, even young adults or uh, or adults, um, we do recommend that they, if they have myopia, get their eyes tested once a year, just to you know monitor the eye health and just so that we can see you know the, the, detect any possible changes to the eye health at an early at the, at the earliest possible stage. Okay, uh, well, uh, uh, do stay with us uh, for a bit longer. Uh, We're going to take a short break for a news summary and uh, a couple of announcements. Um, We'll be back in about three minutes. A quick look at the weather. uh, well, showers and thunderstorms uh, this morning, as we know. Uh, the showers will lessen gradually later. Uh, temperatures around 27 degrees, uh, moderate northerly winds. Uh, the outlook, uh, still a few showers um, tomorrow, hot with sunny periods and one or two showers in the following few days. Currently, it's 27 degrees. Humidity is at 91%. And the thunderstorm warning will remain in effect until 1030 <laughs> Now the new summary with Vicky Wong. The Republican leader of the U.S. House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, has described the latest talks with President Joe Biden on federal debt as productive. Speaking outside the White House, Mr. McCarthy said that while there was no agreement yet, negotiators had been instructed to meet again. Locally, animal rights campaigner Fiona Woodhouse says she's hopeful that a government proposal to massively increase fines for illegally feeding wild animals will be effective in deterring repeat offenders. She says the problem is widespread and causes environmental damage while harming animals. And a children's rights group says it's launching a football training program here for hundreds of low-income school children that's designed to help improve their mental health. Save the Children Hong Kong says its Play to Thrive program is aimed at reversing the impact of three years of disruption throughout the COVID pandemic. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Under the amended Sex Discrimination Ordinance, Disability Discrimination Ordinance and Race Discrimination Ordinance, Workplace participants such as consignment workers, volunteers and interns are protected from sexual, disability and racial harassment even when they have no employment relationship. Don't be silent if you're being harassed. For inquiries, call the Equal Opportunities Commission at 25118211. Why have so many online accounts and passwords when you need only one with I Am Smart? You can access different online services using the I Am Smart platform. Fill in forms automatically and receive personalized notifications. Access eTax with I Am Smart. Managing your tax matters has never been easier. 
For more details, visit imsmart.gov.hk. I am smart, the safe and swift gateway to online services. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. And welcome back to Back Chat with Ada Wong and me, Jim Gould. And this morning we're talking about a recommendation for people of all ages to get uh, regular eye checks. Uh, uh, we have with us uh, Andy Mew, who's a registered uh, optometrist with uh, Central Eye Care, uh, Dr Frank Lai uh, of the Hong Kong Ophthalmological Society, and uh, also joining us now we have uh, Dr Dennis Lam, who's a LegCo member and uh, registered ophthalmologist. Uh, uh, Dr. Lam, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, so we, we were hearing earlier about uh, uh, quite a large increase in the number of uh, myopia cases and cases of macular degeneration over the past 10 years. So, um, um, how serious do you rate the problem at the moment? Uh, I think uh, the trend on myopia is not good. Uh, number one is the preference of uh, myopia as a whole. Number two is the onset of the disease. In the past, uh, we don't see uh, kids in kindergartens suffering from myopia, but now more and more of them, uh, even up to uh, almost 10% of the uh, kids in the kindergartens. And because when you have earlier onset, the risk of uh, high myopia will be uh, much more. And number three is the percentage of uh, people having high degree of myopia. Uh, the reason that uh, we are concerned about uh, more and more people suffering from my myopia as well as high myopia is that uh, when we have myopia, uh, the eyeball is elongated. So there are many uh, diseases, uh, sight-threatening diseases, uh, will be associated. Uh, so macular uh, degeneration uh, is one. Uh, the other is retinal detachment and then glaucoma, captura, uh, so on and so forth. So the best is that we don't have myopia. The second is that if you have myopia, do not have high degree of myopia. By international definitions, when you have more than five diopters of myopia, uh, according to WHO, uh, you are considered as a person with high myopia. And if you have more than 10 diopters, is something called pathologic myopia. The risk of having sight threatening problems will be much, much higher. Mm. Um, Dr. Lam, this sounds uh, serious, actually. Uh, but um, I, I think um, parents will, you know, will, will not be too concerned if their kids uh, have myopia. They think, oh, yeah, it's time for them to wear glasses. Uh, maybe they're reading too much, maybe um, too much screen time. Um, how, how do you think um, we can do more public education, for example? Uh, well, this is exactly the problem. Uh, parents, uh, uh, they are concerned, uh, you know, uh, uh, that, oh, my kid has myopia. So uh, whether to, uh, you know, uh, choose contact lens or glasses, uh, so on and so forth. But that case later, when the kids uh, grow up, they will have these uh, sight-threatening problems. So they do not have that knowledge. They are not fully aware of that. So this is uh, extremely important because it's going to happen. Uh, there uh, has been studies uh, telling us that uh, uh, when we look at the cause of blindness, 
for age 45 to 59, uh, by today's standard, this is still an active age. The leading cause of bilateral blindness is from high myopia macular degeneration. So this is something uh, very important uh, for us to know. And because of that, and because they are not too uh, aware of it, so uh, from education, uh, from public, uh, you know, uh, the public uh, uh, publicity, uh, from all, all arenas, from schools, from uh, the uh, general public, from the media, and uh, to working places, I think it's important to educate people about what exactly is myopia and then the different uh, degrees of myopia and the possible treatments, possible preventions, uh, as well as uh, serious uh, future complications. Right. Um, I, I guess screen time is, is the main reason. Now, is there a, a better way uh, to, to go online, to, to work uh, in front of a computer screen or... Are there poorer uh, ways? I think uh, we have the, the nature and nurture issue. Uh, for those uh, kids, their parents are not myopic. The risk is lower. Yeah, for example, if you uh, go back, uh, you know, decades ago, a few people are suffering from, from myopia. There's so many of us are suffering from myopia. Environment is extremely important. I'll give you a recent uh, example. In covid in COVID, the degree and the preference, uh, the incidence of myopia uh, has increased substantially. So uh, we have less uh, outdoor time, uh, we view the computers more, so and so forth. So environment is extremely important. You have genetic component, you have environmental factors, we cannot choose our parents, but we can change our visual habit uh, the ways that uh, we see this world. So uh, I think to a large extent, uh, myopia is a sort of uh, 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 preventable. Uh, having more outdoor time is one important, uh, one important uh, measure. However, it's quite difficult to have uh, uh, good enough outdoor time uh, for modern life. Actually, nowadays, there are uh, many uh, maneuvers or many uh, treatments uh, to prevent the progression of myopia or even to prevent the onset of myopia. Uh, number one is by uh, an eye drop called uh, atropine. Uh, so uh, low-dose atropine is effective in preventing progression of myopia. And number two, we can use uh, something called uh, Cathology. Uh, basically, is uh, uh, during nighttime, uh, kids wear a pair of uh, hard contact lens. They will change the shape of the cornea, and daytime you do not need to wear the contact lens. You can still see well, and then the progression of myopia will be much uh, reduced. By the same token, if you do not wear one contact lenses, you can wear glasses what we call the focus glasses. Uh, these are all effective. And also, more recently, people are using uh, some, uh, you know, some uh, little machine that can uh, give you a, a red uh, projection. Uh, so you look at the red light uh, with targets. Then you can reduce your progression of myopia. 
all this has been shown to be very effective. So that means nowadays, uh, uh, I think uh, taking good care of the uh, visual environment, how we uh, uh, use uh, the computer, uh, you know, uh, the less uh, duration, the better. And also you try to uh, do your homework, uh, uh, see your near world uh, in a more distant uh, uh, interval. Uh, so if uh, you can uh, view your, uh, when you're writing, for example, uh, if the distance is uh, over 30 centimeters, it will be much better compared to those uh, with 20 meter or some of the uh, children, they are using really a uh, close, uh, you know, distance, say uh, 10 meter or so, uh, 10 cm or so. So these are all proven uh, things that uh, uh, will help the kids to prevent the onset or to reduce the progression of myopia. As I just mentioned, we have different degrees of myopia. The best is not to have myopia. If you have that, try not to be more than six diopters. And if you are having over 10 diopters, it will be very bad. Mm, okay. Um, um, Andy Mew, you, you mentioned earlier uh, for the elderly, is regular annual eye checks. So what about, um, I mean, do, do you think it would help if, uh, you know, if young people, if, if, if kids were sort of uh, uh, able to have, uh, you know, such a service? Oh, okay. otherwise, otherwise, it's just down to the families, right? It's down to, down to the parents when to take their kids for eye checks and w w for the parents themselves when to go for a checkup. Yes, as, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, you know, because of this myopia um, epidemic, we can call it, um, parents actually have much more, are becoming much more knowledgeable mm. about <clears throat> myopia. And so parents are becoming much more concerned about their kids' eye condition. So I see more and more parents bring their young kids in early for eye examinations. We, some, we see kids as young as three, four years old for their first eye examination, whether the kids exhibit any um, vision problems or symptoms or not. You know, they would just bring their kids in for their eye exam because a lot of the parents are, are myopic themselves. Mm -hmm. So they understand that they want to... Um, catch this thing early or prevent the onset of myopia. And if they do have myopia, now parents understand the importance of not letting the myopia to become high myopia. Mm. So yes. they would start these myopia control treatment earlier, like contact lenses or orthokeratology or atropine. Mm. These are the things that parents are doing. So, so I think that you know, by, by the parents bringing the kids in early, we as practitioners can pound that message in to, to the parents saying that, okay, we don't want myopia to happen, but if they do happen, we want to slow it down. And parents will spread that among themselves. Right. I think there is a gap uh, between uh, parents who are knowledgeable and parents uh, from a professional background. They will be very much concerned about this. Uh, but uh, if we look at the... Um, uh, the more grassroots um, uh, families. I, I'm wondering whether the Department of Health uh, has done enough, um, Dr. Dennis Lam, um, to um, to spread the word and to do more campaigns uh, to to parents, um, you know, who who don't really understand the seriousness of this issue. Dr. Lam, I think uh, there are still. Uh, uh a lot of things that uh, uh, the government should consider. 
Uh, if we uh, take an example uh, in China, uh, they are very serious about this uh, myopia issue. Uh, they have issued a document endorsed by eight um, ministries. So you can see this is in 218. And you can see how, uh, you know, how serious uh, the uh, Chinese government uh, uh, is, uh, you know, uh, on this issue. And I think uh, one of the measures that they have uh, taken is to know the exact situations. They have this uh, mass screening for school kids, school children. So uh, they uh, we, they ask, uh, you know, uh, all kids in China to have the uh, examination to see whether they are myopic or not. Right, and including so, those in uh, remote areas, I guess. Yes, uh, this is uh, a countrywide uh, measure uh, for all the uh, kids, in, uh, in at least in the primary school, and they are extending the program. So uh, this is extremely important. If the government can take the lead, and we, if we have a sort of a central registry, then we can know the situation uh, well. And only when you have a clear picture of what you are facing and also what are the changes, uh, say, in the uh, following uh, one, two, three years, then you have a real picture. Then you can uh, you can uh, try the uh, measures that will really help our kids to have less myopia, which could be a major burden to the society. Okay, uh, uh, Dr. Lai, um, let's ask you about that. L- last word to you because we've got to uh, bring a close to this part of the programme uh, uh, rather shortly. But um, w- would that help a-, a mass screening exercise? Would you s- support that? Uh, definitely, mass screening will help to identify the real situation in the society. And also, apart from screening, I think they're raising awareness of different IDCs, uh, for, uh, getting more knowledge about that so that we can seek uh, care as soon as possible. And also, the early identification and early timely treatment of those kind of conditions is very important to promote the eye health of the society. Okay. All right. Well, thank you all very much uh, for speaking to us on the programme this morning. Uh, That was Dr. Frank Lai of the Hong Kong Ophthalmological Society. Thank you to uh, Dr. Dennis Lam, LegCo member and registered uh, ophthalmologist, and also Andy Mew, who's uh, uh, an optometrist with uh, Central Eye Care. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. Hi, I'm Secretary for Housing, Winnie Ho. Happy birthday to RTHK's 95th anniversary. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. And for the last uh, 10 minutes or so of this morning's programme, we're going to be talking about uh, a related topic. Uh, we've heard uh, all about uh, eye care and eye tests and and uh, now we're going to talk about uh, problems with uh, knee joints, um, which, uh, of course, uh, affects the elderly uh, much more so. Um, we're joined on the line by Annie Dai, who's a supervisor and project manager with the Hong Kong Shenkong Hoi Welfare Council, uh, which is an NGO which, uh, which works with uh, a number of groups, including uh, elderly people, and has uh, uh, conducted some research which found that um, 
Uh, more than 30% of people aged 60 or above uh, suffer from knee pain and uh, degenerative uh, knee arthritis is uh, one of the most uh, common causes. But to, uh, to hear more, um, um, so Annie Dye is on the line now. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good, good morning. So, um, I mean, th those of us uh, of a certain vintage can, uh, like, uh, uh, sympathise with uh, with this issue. I mean, uh, knee pain obviously does become more common as you get older. Um, um, what have you been able to do to try to sort of, uh, you know, help people who are, you know, uh, suffering from this quite badly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With as you said, with aging population, the knee degeneration and the problem is really common and prevalent among the older elders, and coupled with the geographic environment and the building designs in Hong Kong, uh, it is undoubtedly adding fuel to the fire to this uh, target group. So our Hong Kong Shinkansen Welfare Council initiated the project since April 2019, which records for the self uh, management and an uh, early identification. And interesting and importantly, we adopted an AI mobile application masterpiece, and it is with the motion detectors, and uh, which apply into the exercise intervention, and also under the supervision of progress and follow-up with physiotherapies, it will benefit every participant to obtain the tailored home exercise prescription and perform proper exercise with some fun game, just like us uh, playing the games, addicted into the games, we helped our uh, older elders, we addicted into the exercise with the AI games and also doing the therapies. Mm. So this is one of the features and the other one is uh, we, uh, some qualified older elders will receive a comprehensive fitness assessment in our study. According to their knee conditions, they are will be in, divided into some different categories, um, from mild knee pain symptoms to the severe symptoms, total three levels. And participants in different uh, groups will experience six-month intervention protocol, including the pain relieving, emotional management, weight control, as well as exercise practice. It is really interesting and fruitful in our study. Yeah. Right. Um, on the AI games, how, how, how is this played? Uh, uh, is it correct to say that, um, you know, we can download a game to our mobile phone um, and play it on our own? Yeah, actually now it is uh, open to the public. It is, can be downloaded at this moment by uh, uh, iOS, the iPad only. Yeah, because uh, we, we will use of the uh, tablet, the, the lens, we, uh, through the camera lens of the tablet, it can help track and capture the user's posture and some joy angle during the exercise. And then match the standardized data and we generalize the ongoing uh, uh, scores. And the participants just like the play of the game and they have to finish all the prescribed exercise and to clear a stage. And the higher scores they obtain, just like the, the more incentive they could gain for uh, uh, the, some custom change. And so this is really interesting and, and it could do any day and can then do the competitive with their, the other users. And also our uh, 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 project team could uh, review the data behind just like the uh, scaling data and some picture when they going through, when the, when the particular user going through the exercise wall, we will capture the data and capture the picture, the best picture uh, uh, during the process. So it is uh, useful uh, when we use uh, doing the home exercise at, uh, uh, even under the pandemic. You can use the iPad uh, uh, to do the exercise 
in any time and any location. Mm. Of course, a lot of uh, older people are not very comfortable with uh, new technology and iPads and AI and that kind of thing. I mean, is there help available for them or, or do, do you have a centre that you can invite people to to, uh, to do exercise there? Yeah, uh, just as you say, at the very beginning, they will feel very reluctant to use some advanced technology because some, especially those uh, low education level. But uh, our project team will offer some uh, coaching sessions, just like some uh, volunteers and some even our uh, uh, younger generation will do the pay-up uh, pay sessions with them so that they could uh, uh, not only did you use the technology, but also increase the communication and interact with the older elders. And and also we trained some uh, uh, ambassadors, some alumni of the participants to use the uh, technology so that they could, um, they, they could uh, get used to the technology and, and, and get used to it and, and a lot, lot on it. So it is, uh, it is not a problem at this moment. Right. I'm interested to know that. Um, so what happens after the screening? Uh, so the person knows that, oh, yes, uh, I've got a, G- uh, you know, a degenerative knee. Um, are there exercises for him or her to follow and uh, who could monitor or uh, actually give them incentive to complete mm-hmm. the exercises on a daily basis? Okay, okay. Uh, from our the latest data in the four, in the past four years, our project actually has reached more than uh, uh, eleven thousand beneficiaries by some uh, different activities, and over uh, one thousand and two hundred elderly participants were involved in the intervention. Participants had in- achieved a significant improvement on their flexibility and their muscle endurance, their leg strength, mobility, and stack and dynamic. Uh, uh, balances, and most of the participants appreciate uh, the entertaining and the innovative design because uh, during the process, uh, uh, we, we invite them to give some ideas and inspiration of the interface design. So they will enjoy the participant and with their friends and their families uh, uh, with the, our games along the way. So uh, it is really friendly and used. And also we have a tips guidebook of the apps designed for the participants. Look at they could easily assess to record the exercise and get higher scores in the game also. Hmm. Are there any sort of uh, factors? I mean, you, you mentioned earlier the, the, the local environment, but are there any sort of particular factors um, here in Hong Kong which uh, uh, make mobility difficult for elderly? I'm, I'm thinking about certain parts of the, uh, uh, like Hong Kong Island, for instance, is quite hilly. There are a lot of steps. Uh, lots of people yeah, live in sure. older buildings which may, may not have an elevator. Uh, um, do, do things like that um, present a difficulty? Yeah, true. So that's why the project actually at, at the very beginning located in the uh, Hong Kong Island, especially in the uh, central and western uh, district because mm. there is, you know, very, uh, uh, some high buildings and uh, without the uh, lift and some, uh, uh, we have to, uh, some limited mobility. Uh, people can't access to some uh, facilities in the community. So mobility is really important. And actually, we find that it is real, uh, significant enhanced after our intervention. The percentage of the high fall rate remarkably decreased uh, from 24.5% uh, to 15%. It is uh, increasingly decreased uh, uh, through our some uh, fitness tests 
such as time of enjoy task, some feet, uh, uh, step task, and sit and uh, reach task. This is really a simple fitness test. We can find uh, the, the remarkable improvement from our uh, participants. And so uh, the mobility also, as you said, limited their um, social network and, and social uh, uh, distance. Uh, uh, when they uh, the, the needs get worse and deteriorate, so uh, our project calls for uh, the self management uh, care because uh, when they when they know their situation, their need pain situation, they can handle it uh, and doing exercise and some uh, uh, manage their uh, health diet and and uh, relieve their pain as uh, some uh, physiotherapy. Uh, tools and uh, massage and etc. So this is really interesting mm. and important. Mm. Right. Um. Any diet. Uh, so diet. Uh, the diet is actually uh, quite related to the knee arthritis. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Because so uh, very very uh, quickly, what what should what what shouldn't we eat uh, or what should we eat? Uh, you know, to to make the knee arthritis uh, better. Uh, how to make it better? Uh, uh, according to our data, actually we can find uh, in our daily life there are some situations we can observe, such, such as the age, the BMI. When we, our BMI reached over 25, it, it is uh, alert and a warming for us to get some control and weight loss and some do, do more exercise. And as, as mentioned before, some fitness tests and, and we can do uh, in our daily life to uh, predict the weight of our uh, degenerative uh, the, the symptoms of our knee. So uh, we recommend, uh, we recommend, we believe a small change, and there is a big differences in our daily life. And do more exercise, and keep practicing, and keep uh, uh, monitoring our uh, uh, own health. It is really important. Mm. So weight control is uh, important to, uh, to to limit the amount of weight that's uh, going down onto your knee joints, right? Yeah, sure, right. Mm-hmm. So is it a kind of a, uh, it's, a it's a bit of a tricky issue because uh, um, if, if if you've got, you know, if you've got bad knees, um, you're going to be limited in, in the amount of exercise you can do. But then at the same time, you've got to try and uh, uh, keep your weight down. So that's that sounds quite tough. Yeah, true, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, but obviously uh, obviously you've developed a, a program uh, which has um, quite a good degree of success in uh, enabling to do that by designing specific uh, exercise programs. Yeah, mm-hmm. our actually our exercise program uh, we have divided two parts. Uh, one of the parts uh, is conducted by our physiotherapist, which uh, only focus on relieving their pain and 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 empower them to have some uh, technology and skills to take care of their needs at home, such as some acupuncture and, and such as use some uh, massage balls at home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in, and also some exercise included, such as stretching exercise and strengthening and balancing and mobilization exercise also. Okay. And the other exercise, we will invite some uh, uh, our um, mentor, exercise mentor and experts to uh, uh, enrich some uh, types of exercise uh, uh, for our uh, older elders. We will use also we will use uh, switch and okay. other advanced technology okay. to uh, enrich their 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 uh, knowledge about okay. the uh, exercise. Annie Dai, thank you, thank you. Sorry, yeah. we've got to bring the program to a close now. We're almost out of time. That was Annie Dai, supervising project manager with Hong Kong Sheng Koi uh, Hugh Welfare Council, and thanks very much to you, Ada. Thank you, Jim.